Checkles, All right, so let's go ahead and get started. Welcome everybody to our 11th, I believe, right? 11th episode of Rubbing Elbows. Um, I am excited uh, that this is still going strong and it looks like we're growing from week to week and we're bringing some incredible speakers. This week we have uh, the amazing Adam Kamora, who is uh, the VP over at NAI Capital. And um, he's going to be sharing a little bit of a, a twist. Uh, mostly we bring in residential people to speak. He's coming from the commercial space. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of exciting information. And I have some questions that I'm dying to find out about because in many cases, uh, the commercial market can be an indication to what's to, uh, to come to the residential market. So hopefully we'll learn some, some ideas there. Uh, Chuck, you want to take it away and uh, make the introduction? I know you guys have a really good relationship, so why don't you uh, take it from here? Yeah, Adam and I go way, way, way back, all the way to, all the way to, <laughs> blue, <laughs> all the way to the blue hole in Egypt. No joke, we've been to Egypt. <laughs> we've been to Egypt together uh, before either one of us knew we were going to be uh, so heavily involved in real estate. Um, Luckily, we didn't buy any property there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've got some fantastic stories. I mean, you want to talk about our waiter? We had we had a waiter who claimed to, to have won uh, Olympic medals. I mean, it's a really strange uh, situation. But uh, I'm glad to have you on here. You you know, ev I think everybody sees your face, your name, your signs on Ventura Boulevard, all over any commercial property. I feel like somehow your name's attached. And uh, we'd love to hear your journey, how you got to where you are. I said we start there. Uh, absolutely. Thank you for the wonderful introduction. Uh, it's an honor to be here. Um, so I started in real estate uh, at a company called Delphi Business Properties many years ago, uh, focusing mainly on industrial properties back then. Uh, and over the years there, I started to expand into other sectors of the commercial market uh, and started doing a lot of office uh, sales and leasing as well. Um, my portfolio of business now consists of office, uh, industrial, and some retail sales and leasing, as well as investments. Um, I spent the beginning of my career at Delphi and then moved over here to NAI Capital about seven years ago. Uh, seven and a half years ago now. Uh, it was a great move for me. Uh, love the company here. Uh, we've got great people, uh, great staff, great colleagues, uh, and it's just been a really good place for me uh, to kind of plant my feet in and, and work for for the last seven and a half years. Um, uh, I've got a family background in commercial real estate, um, and uh, that was kind of how I got into the business to begin with. Um, you know, been through some ups and downs through market cycles. Uh, we're going through an interesting time right now again. Uh, but there are definitely opportunities out there. They're just, you know, harder to find. Yeah, maybe we can touch on that for a second. Um, obviously, the first question we always ask people what where do you see the market going? And, and for us, you know, residential people, um, you know, it may affect us in escrow, in title, in sales, or just overall in transactions. Uh, how does how does it affect um, commercial space? And um, how do you see? What do you speculate? What do you project happening? 
Well, what we're seeing right now is, you know, you have two different aspects. You have in the commercial market, different than residential, leasing is a big, big part of brokerage. Uh, and I do a lot of leasing. Uh, I also do, you know, sales transactions as well. The sales market seems a little bit more stable right now. Uh, money's cheap. Uh, inventory is still limited. And, uh, you know, we live in a city where there's a lot of uh, disposable cash and income and people looking to invest into commercial real estate. So while activity is slowed, there's, there's somewhat of a stability in the sales market, uh, more so than you're seeing in the leasing market. Uh, there's been more of a pullback in the leasing market, uh, mainly in the office and retail side of things. Um, obviously due to COVID, people are rethinking their office needs strategies. Um, people are trying to wait things out a little bit to see how, uh, you know, the economic conditions unravel from the COVID situation. Um, so there, there's a lot of hesitation in the market right now. That's what we're seeing overall. Um, I, I have a number of deals that I'm working on now that, you know, started before COVID and we're still having issues bringing those deals to the finish line. Um, now some of them, I mean, on one of them, I got some good news today. Uh, we've been working on this lease for about nine months. It's with a very, very reputable company. Uh, unfortunately I can't disclose who they are right now, but, um, you know, their name, um, and they had to put everything on hold, uh, when, when COVID hit, they had a lease in hand about two, about a week before we had lockdown and they were ready to sign and then lockdown hit. Um, and they're a restaurant operator. So they had to focus on their restaurant operations. Uh, this office would be for a regional manager's office. Everything got put on hold. I just got an email today from, uh, from them saying, we're ready to move forward. Uh, we'll be executing the leases next week. We're just going over the space plan and work letter to make sure everything is order, in order and, and ready to go. So a lot of people have been waiting, putting things off, putting things to the side. Some people are realizing that they can't put everything off till tomorrow and that some decisions need to be made today. And, uh, you know, we're seeing an uptick in activity overall across the board, but it really depends on which sector you're in. Uh, the multifamily market is very strong right now. Uh, the industrial market is still very strong right now. Office and retail are getting hit a bit harder. Um, you know, I work in a large office building owned by, you know, Douglas Emmett, one of the bigger office buildings and biggest landlords in our city. And overall, you know, there's a lot of office tenants out there that aren't able to use their offices right now. Um, or they're just getting back into the office, but they're not coming in the same way that they were before. So they're trying to figure out, you know, is this a short term thing? Are we going, you know, once a vaccine is created, is that going to shift things back to the way they previously were? Or is our new system of remote working, is that efficient for us? Are we getting the most out of it? And you know, maybe we can rethink our office use strategy. Maybe we don't need as much space. Um, maybe we need a different configuration of our office. There's still so many questions out there and we're still in such an early stage of the kind of economic fallout from the COVID crisis. Uh, I, I don't think you could really take what's going on in you know, the economy right now. And when you look at the stock market, for example, 
I think there's a, a detachment right there. Those things aren't co-aligned in reality today. So, and in some cases you're seeing buyers or tenants, you know, coming in with offers, but they're asking for the world and there's somewhat of a disconnect between let's say landlord and tenant or seller and buyer over where the market is today. We don't have new data to reset the market standards. Um, the data that's available to us is still mostly pre-COVID data. And the deals that have been done since COVID hit are mostly based upon pre-COVID additions, maybe with some extra concessions or slight discounts. But there's not enough data for us to say that the market has shifted drastically in you know, one direction or the other, um, and that we've seen, say, you know, a 5% or a 10% or 15% dip in pricing. The data is just not there to support it yet. Now, that data may start filtering in as we get further along here in the year, and I think you'll see more of that as we get into the third and fourth quarter. Um, but overall, there's a slowdown in activity, but pricing has remained relatively stable so far. So where, where do you see the numbers? And obviously nobody knows, nobody has a crystal ball, but with, with the indications and with your knowledge, where do you see the market exactly a year from today? Up or down? I would think it'd be down from today. I would think it'd be down from today. I, you know, I can't, uh, I can't quantify an actual number, a percentage that will be down. But what I can tell you is this, while you know, in the leasing market, landlords have not lowered their face rates. Their asking rates are still what they used to be. However, if you get into a negotiation with a landlord today, you are going to end up getting more concessions than you would have said four months ago. So the deal structures are changing a little bit, but the landlords aren't ready to just give it away and just get, you know, outright sure. just and take it. They're a little more flexible. They're more flexible with, with their terms, but not necessarily their prices. Well, it's also difficult for a landlord because any reduction in uh, rent is a tremendous reduction on the cap rate, which in turn is reducing the value of the entire building. So they're obviously trying to sustain that as much as possible. Um, but you're seeing more of them are negotiating now. They are actually taking. Look, you, you, in a standard office deal, there's you know a few main points that you're negotiating. You're negotiating the rental rate, you're negotiating free rent, and you're negotiating tenant improvement allowance. Um, so you're seeing you know maybe a little bit more shaved off the asking rate and maybe a little more free rent being shipped in, um, and maybe they'll do a little more in TI work, but nothing, nothing extremely substantial yet. Um, and you've got to really get engaged in the negotiation and push for those things. They're not going to just give them to you. I've got, I've got uh, a two-part question that uh, could potentially help our residential people watching this. Um, First of all, would it be safe to say that um, you would be more than happy to help um, anyone who's got a commercial deal, seller, buyer, someone who's considering buying or selling, and they may need some guidance with either, you know, paperwork, contract, you know, pitching it, closing it, whatever. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, NAI Capital, we're a full service commercial real estate brokerage firm. 
We have specialists in every sector of the commercial market. Um, my disciplines are industrial and office, as well as investments and some retail. If you're looking to purchase, sell, or lease an office or an industrial property, please call me. Uh, even if it's just for advice, I'd be happy to, to lend you a hand in any way I can. Yeah, ideally, and we've done this before on a few of the other episodes where, you know, someone may have uh, an expertise and um, just kind of uh, open it and let whoever wants to piggyback their momentum, piggyback their, you know, glory for their, you know, for the sake of the deal. Uh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So, like I said, um, sorry, just got distracted for a minute, but um if anybody needs assistance uh, in the commercial sector, whether or not I'm the right person or not, give me a call. We'll find out. If I'm not the right guy, I'll find you the right guy. Yeah. Uh, so, so let, let me jump on that just to get clarity on that. So if I'm talking to a, a potential client who's got some commercial property, I don't know my way around commercial. I know my way around residential. What I would say is I would say, hey, I've, you know, I know the, the I know the VP of uh, uh, NAI Capital and, um, he, you know, I can have him join us and, you know, guide us and whatever, whatever, and bring you into the deal and be able to push the deal forward. Absolutely. Look, you want a specialist. I've been doing this for for almost 20 years and I've never represented a client in purchasing a residential home. Um, I've always, you know, brought in an expert. If they, if I've had a client ask me about that, I'll reach out to someone like you or, or someone else that I know in the residential sector and put them with the right person. Um, I always think that you should be with a specialist, uh, commercial people, know commercial residential people, know residential, and I can do my clients a, a better service by focusing on what I know best. And speaking, speaking of, of what you've been doing and for how long you've been doing it, can you, if you remember your first deal that you put together, something, I know this is one of Leo's favorite questions, sorry for stealing it, but your first deal, a big deal. Not together. My first deal, my first deal ever was a 2,500 square foot industrial warehouse uh, shoot, I forgot the name of the street. It's on a little street off Sherman Way in Havenhurst. Um, and uh, that was my first deal. It was like a three-year lease term. Um, I forgot what the company did. I, I apologize. I've done so many hundreds of transactions since then. Uh, but yeah, I do remember that was my first deal. Do you remember how how you got how you got that deal? Because that that sometimes gives a, a tip or a strategy on when you're just getting started, how to go out there and find some business? Um, you know, at that time, I think that, uh, you know, my mentor at the time had passed me a small lead and say, here, you know, here's something to kind of get your feet wet with. Uh, run with these guys, find them something. Um, they're qualified. And that's what I did. And I got out there, I found them a space. We got the deal done. Uh, and that was the first of many. Actually, my very first deal actually didn't even make. I got screwed over in my first deal. <laughs> um, that's a real estate story. That, 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 that doesn't really happen in real estate, though. That's <laughs> I, I got screwed over by my client, and luckily it didn't deter me, but I had worked hard with this guy to find him a 5,000-square-foot warehouse, found him a great space, 
um, we had leases out ready for signature. And I get a call from the guy saying, Adam, you know, I found something else. Uh, I found this other property, you know, down the street, blah, blah, blah. I said, wait, you mean this address? I said, he said, yes. I said, well, that's one of the properties I originally presented to you. He's like, oh, you know, Adam, I'm so sorry. I signed the lease. Long story short, you know, my first deal, I got screwed. The next one I closed and there have been hundreds of successful ones ever since. So we don't cry over spoiled milk. Nice. <laughs> That's true. So I, I want to actually dive in a little bit deeper on that last part of the question. Uh, one of my goals with uh, with these episodes is to get, you know, to get extract information and get tips that everybody here, myself included in lending and realtors uh, can, can learn from. So when we look at somebody and they're so successful, we sometimes forget the path that they took to get to that point. So now I'm sure, you know, deals come to you. But when you first started, what were your marketing strategies? How did you brand yourself? How did you really get out there to get to where you are today? Well, I was knocking on doors. Uh, it, the industrial market, that's one of the best ways to dig up leads is to get out there and knock on doors, not just in the industrial market and other sectors as well. Uh, so I was out here in the Valley on you know hot summer days, going door to door in industrial parks in Chatsworth, Van Nuys, you know, North Hollywood, all over uh, the San Fernando Valley and trying to meet you know, the business owner or the decision maker, see what their situation was, were they growing, were they gonna need new space, more space? Uh, when was their lease expiring? Did they maybe have interest in purchasing a building? And you, know, you start compiling data, following up with people, and before you know it, you're starting to, you're starting to pick up some leads that way. Over, you know, as the years followed, I, you know, I, I, I've networked a whole lot. Um, I'm involved with a number of charities and, um, you know, I've just put myself out there in a number of ways to generate the business that I now have. Um, you know, landlords got to know my name, got to work with me, wanted to work with me going forward, picked up listings that way. Um, it's been a combination of things, uh, in, in, in commercial, you've got to hustle. If you're not, uh, if you're not, if you're new to this business and you're, you know, let's say not being fed leads by some senior broker and team, then you've got to get out there and find leads one way or another. And it's going to be one, one way or another cold calling, whether it's getting on the phone, knocking on doors. Um, but it, it's communicating with people, finding out who's out there that might need your service and then finding out exactly what they do need and fulfilling it. I've got, I've got a question and then we need to open it up for other questions. I know Roman has a question. Stacy has a question. Um, in regards to technology that you use, in regards to uh, apps, services, whatever it may be, um, anything you can share with us on what you use when you need to find you know, an absentee owner or someone that you just can't get a hold of? I mean, there's services that, uh, I mean, they're not cheap, uh, but LexisNexis and TLO, if you need to look people up and get to the bottom of who owns an LLC or where there might be contact information, there, there are services out there like that. Yeah. Uh, we have access to some of those services here at our firm uh, and they're helpful. Um, you probably want to pull a farm database from your title rep uh, and focus on a specific area. Uh, that, that can help as well. 
Uh, but there's a number of different tools out there, uh, but the services all cost money. You want to, if you're coming into commercial, you want to be with a reputable firm that provides a lot of these services to their brokers. That'll give you a bit of a head start. Um, and, and you want to make sure that you're getting trained in some way, shape, or form by um, a senior broker who knows what they're doing. Okay. Um, so okay. let me ask you, um, considering all the changes that many of us have been forced into with COVID, whether it's remote work or how we engage with our customers now that we can't really be uh, as much face-to-face, has there been anything positive for you and your business that's come out of COVID in terms of uh, strategy or, or, or the way you're, you're interacting with people? Um, I guess in a sense, I'm trying to put it into words. We were on like a 10 year run and you forget about the bad times when things are so good for so long. And maybe your ego gets out ahead of itself sometimes and you start to, you know, think you're too busy to, to help somebody out with something. When COVID hit, you know, a lot of my, 80% of the deals I had working at the time dried up. And now I was getting calls from clients I hadn't talked to asking me for help. And, you know, I had to go back into realizing that I'm an advisor to these people and I need to make the time to provide them the service that I've always provided them. And it's not just always about, you know, making a commission. Because in many of these cases, I, you know, was, there was no commission to be made. You're just providing valuable advice to someone that needs your help and they won't forget it. You know, when their business is strong again in, in a few years, they need help with their lease renewal or uh, need to find a new building or sell their building, they're going to remember me for that. And, you know, COVID has been a humbling experience, I guess, in that sense. And I think that's maybe the positive thing about it. Uh, we were all getting a little too ahead of ourselves because the good times were rolling and they seemed like they never were going to end. Right. And, and I'm, I'm glad you actually say that because I, I believe it was our first episode with Marty, right, Chuck, where we, we actually talked about at that time, it was very uncertain what's going to happen. We're now, you know, eight, eight weeks uh, behind uh, our first episode. But uh, the, the one oh. thing that we kept talking about is making sure that we're out there just giving advice because there's nothing else that we can do. So don't chase the deal. Just get out there, connect with people, give advice. And then when the time comes, hopefully you get that transaction. So I, I think you, you, you hit it right on the head. Um, so let's go ahead and uh, Chuck, do you have any final questions before we open it up? Do you want to? Yeah, one final question. I don't know if this is a, a real, estate, uh, real estate terminology, but you kept throwing this, this word around that I, I haven't heard before. Um, what is COVID? <laughs> yeah, let's open it up. Google it. Um, I'll let someone else answer that question. I'll focus on the real estate. So if anybody uh, has a question, uh, either throw it in the comments or raise your hand and we will unmute you so you can go ahead and ask. Stacy, you are first up and then Roman, I got you next. Hi, I've also known Adam forever and ever. Um, As far as I obviously do mostly residential, but I have lots of friends and clients that are involved in commercial and I just wanted to know what is your take on the fact that there are smaller mom and shop 
businesses or coffee shops or retail that aren't big names and whether they did get PPP or that and they can't necessarily pay their rents and vacancies. What do you see just as far as a lot of for lease signs up? Um, um, what's your opinion on that side of it? Great, great question. Um, you know, retail's obviously taken a big hit. Um, we're not seeing the for lease signs so much yet because uh, A, the moratorium on evictions is still in place. Uh, there is stimulus money like PPP, so it's kept things afloat. But a lot of these smaller mom and pop uh, retail type businesses may not survive. And you, I would expect you are going to see some more vacancies coming to the market as the year progresses. Um, in the office sector, we're seeing more and more office space coming on the market for sublease. Uh, for example, in the West LA market, which is a very, very substantial office market, one of the biggest markets here in California for office space, uh, there's about 500,000 square feet on the market for sublease right now. And a lot of that has come to market since COVID or coronavirus, as Chuck would probably prefer to call it, um, hit, came to light. So um, you're seeing... In the office sector, you're seeing more subleases, but a lot of that has to do with the fact that companies are figuring out that they can somehow have some of their staff working from home remotely and efficiently. Companies are still trying to figure out how to efficiently work remotely. Some are succeeding in it. Some are having trouble with it. You And there's some companies that you can't there's a collaborative synergy that comes from having people working together in an office that you just can't recreate on a Zoom. Mm -hmm. So it's not easy for a, you know, a business owner right now to figure out which part, of my, which part of my company is working well remotely and which is not. And how do I balance this out moving forward? And that's what a lot of business owners are trying to figure out. Everybody is ready to just give up on the traditional office space model. However, I am seeing, I have a number of clients right now who have, you know, high rise, very expensive class A uh, office leases coming up in the next, you know, 12 to 18 months. And instead of renewing, which would have been their focus a few months ago, they're coming to me and saying, Adam, I think maybe now is the time for me to get out of this environment and buy a building for my business. Um, where I have more control of it, where, you know, if we did have another shutdown, I'm not in a big office building and I don't have to worry about a lot of other companies and other people and elevators and parking. Um, all of that, I have a number of clients right now where our focus going forward is shifted from renewing their leases to now locating buildings for them to purchase. So I see upside for me in this business going forward over the next year overall, but I don't think the market is going to be anywhere near as strong as it was, say, a year ago. Okay. Thank you, Stacy, for that question. Roman, you're up. All right. Thank you. Um, awesome, Adam. I'm actually uh, dabbling in the commercial space my, myself uh, with clients. Um, first question, how do I find a good mentor to give me a good deal? No, I'll save that question for after. Um, let me, the question I really have is on the retail side, you mentioned that you're not seeing a lot of price drops, um, but on the retail side, I read that some something like 40% uh, 
uh, of all uh, lease payments are not coming through right now. They're all sus suspending, all their retail clients are not paying those lease payments. So that's got to lead to uh, lowering prices, uh, not just concessions, but also uh, price concessions. And just in general, over the last five years in the uh, Amazon effect of all retail, um, what have you seen you know, with your experience and with all of the transactions you've done over the course of the five years? And is this COVID now putting a nail in that coffin? They, they said that uh, the internet was putting the nail in the coffin of retail 20 years ago. Uh, retail was able to recreate itself in, in many ways. Um, and businesses, business owners, sectors of real estate tend to morph into something new and, and something good again. Not to say that this is not a tough time. Now, it, it, your question was kind of twofold. Yes, a lot of those retail tenants aren't paying their rent right now, but a lot of them have gone to their landlords and worked out deferment agreements for that rent. So, you know, that that they got for, you know, three months where they didn't have to pay rent, but that, that three months of rent is due six to 12 months down the road. The landlords are trying to work with their tenants as much as possible to help keep them in business and let them stay alive and hopefully succeed in business as we reopen. But the landlords are, you know, in business too, and they've got mortgages to pay and, you know, they're not getting PPP. Um, they're not getting any relief. So it's difficult for them when the state is basically telling landlords, you, you can't evict anybody. Uh, you know, as a lender, you can't foreclose on anybody, um, which has forced landlords' hands to work with tenants, but the leases are still in place. There are personal guarantees on most of these leases. People are on the hook for these payments. You can't just go lease a car and walk away from the car the next day because you're tired of it. You've committed to those payments. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see how that unravels over the next six to 12 months. Uh, some of these companies won't be able to make up the lost rent. Um, some of them will. People are going to get creative with their businesses. How can they cut costs, increase revenue, do whatever they can to stay afloat? Uh, I'm not saying it's going to be an easy time, but people are, you know, we're human beings and we tend to respond well in crises. Are you seeing price drops in the retail sector? I understand that the other uh, other places, everything's kind of stable because nothing's happening. There's just a, a lack of transactions. But on the retail side, it's getting hammered. Are well, you seeing, office you're not seeing any price drops? Office landlords are also having issues collecting rent from some tenants. It really depends on the tenant's business as well. There are people out there that really weren't in trouble. They're crying like they're having the hardest you know, time ever. Um, I, I, you know, it was quite interesting. We, we locked down on March 15th and April 1st came around and all these people all of a sudden couldn't afford to pay their rent. I'm talking about business owners. It, it, a lot of landlords had a hard time understanding or even believing that, wait, we just locked down two weeks ago. You didn't have enough, you didn't have enough in reserve to pay this month's rent. Really? But the truth of the matter is we were all, um, kind of slapped face was something we've never experienced before. I do think that rates will eventually fall, but if you go into the MLS systems right now and you looked at rate changes across the board, 
uh, on, on, a, on a, let, let's say a thorough, uh, like somewhere like Ventura Boulevard. I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of significant price drops, maybe here and there. But again, that there isn't enough data out there to reset the market. I think uh, Iris uh, has a question. I just uh, unmuted you, Iris. Do you have something to, uh, to add? Hi, Adam. Hi, Iris. How are Hi. you? Yeah, I just wanted to tell everybody that uh, with all my years of experience, I am using Adam every time and uh, I'm referring him a client. And every time that I have an issue with commercial, he's the one. Correct, Adam? Yes, absolutely. And I thank you for that, Iris. And I'm yeah. Highly, yeah. I don't know how Iris manages to know everybody and have enough business to give everybody because she does. She truly <laughs> works with everyone. <laughs> okay, but I'm older than you, you know. <laughs> business 30 years and I'm 62 years old now. Anyway, so I just wanted to say that it's it's really it's really good to refer your client to somebody that know what they're talking about instead of you trying to make yourself, you know, know everything. And in the commercial business, everything is changing a lot and changing the last five, six, seven years. So it's good to work with Adam and I uh, highly recommend him. Thank you, Iris. Thanks, okay. Iris. Does anybody okay. else have any, uh, any questions before we go to our uh, win of the week? All right, I think we're good. So Chuck, why don't you kick us off? Do you have any good uh, exciting wins for the week? Keep it PG. PG. <laughs> um, wins. Wasn't really for, ready for this. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Does anybody have something exciting to share? And remember, it doesn't have to be business. We just like to finish on a positive note. Actually, you know what? I, I think uh, someone in my office wants to tell us a win of the week. Michelle? Oh, yeah. Hi, everybody. Hey, Michelle. Hi, Adam. Hi, Michelle. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good, thanks. Good. What's um, the win? I think the win of the week is that we've just really gotten a lot busier, and we've really noticed like a shift, at least here in this office. Um, just we have a lot of deals where we're really working on a lot of things. We're in touch with a lot of sellers. And I just feel like it's a win when, you know, you're you're nervous and scared that you don't know what's going to happen with the market. And then all of a sudden, everybody's just calming down and realizing that we still have real estate to sell. And it's just it's going to be OK. And we have a lot of people that are super excited about getting their properties listed and doing off market deals. And I think that was a really good week. Yeah, that's we, awesome. And Michelle, by the way, thank you. I got a phone call from a client of yours good. about an hour ago. So yeah, good looking. Yeah. Awesome. Anyone else? Well, that was my I think, win. You know, I the, think Roman. Roman yeah. has uh, Roman has uh, something. He's raising his hand. Talk to us, Roman. I just I got a great property under contract in Jacksonville, Florida. It's a three point three five acres. Uh, you can rezone it to commercial. It's got uh, mobile homes on there and a house. You got a great cash flow situation. Just What's the cap uh, rate? Excited. Uh, the cap rate will be about a nine and a half. That's very. You good can't get that in California. That's that's well, impressive. Only out of state. Best cap rate deal that's I ever purchased. 
was through an auction a year and a half ago, 16% cap rate. Ooh, Ooh that's a win. That was the winner, actually. That's, that's a win. That's the one, Adam, I was telling you we're uh, refinancing now. So oh, really? once that comes through, I'll share my 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 win next week with a new resource for everyone. So Proforma or actually? My partner is smiling over there. It's a non-recourse uh, equity lender. So they're just equity based off the property. Uh, no personal financials. 3.75%, 10 years fixed, interest only. Sounds too good to be true. So we'll know soon. Just, just to piggyback off what Michelle said, um, you know, we've definitely seen an uptick in activity the last few weeks. So that's a positive sign. Let's hope it continues going forward um, and that we can come out of this stronger than ever. Agreed. Adam, you have a win to share? Um, I guess I, I, I don't like jinxing things, but I had a, a, I, today I had two different calls and emails on two deals that started long before uh, lockdown that had seemed to been dead that are coming back to life. So it's more just good signs within the industry that there's, there's life out there again and people are, while they've put things on hold up till now, they're starting to make plans again. It sounds like that's a trend. We're, we're starting to hear a lot of that. A lot of people that were on the fence that are now getting their confidence back. And we don't know how long it's going to last. So I advise everybody just take advantage of it and, you know, keep motivating and pushing your clients forward because uh, in real estate, as long as you buy and hold, there's never a wrong time, right? As long as, uh, as long as you're young enough to hold it for, for at least 10 years or more, uh, it's usually a win-win. Uh, Iris, I see you're raising your hand. I'm trying to unmute you. Yeah, but okay. So yeah, here, here is what I wanted to say to everybody. I know we are not a lot of people here, but you, you have to understand that they, I agree with uh, Adam. He said about the commercial that people that renting wanted to, that leasing instead of leasing, think that they can purchase now. I think it's a great time for a homeowner occupied to buy houses now because of the interest rate and a lot of deals. I took like three listings this week and I opened two ESCO. And I have to say that I have more buyers than I ever had before. And uh, there is few houses. There is like 15 and 30 offers on the property. Can you- So believe? Iris, let me, let me ask you, um, are you doing anything different for those results right now? Is there any tip you can give people on actually go and do this and you'll start what seeing I activity? is sit on your phone, talk to your client, make at least 10 to 15 calls a day, reach to everybody that you know, tell them that the market is still good, that this is a good time to secure a home. Listen, instead of leasing, uh, renting a house, it's better to buy today if you can buy. And if not, I mean, even for, for flip, to flip, it's a little bit hard because there is not so much uh, so many houses are available in the market for that. But every house that it's a little bit good even to flip or to rebuild like more than five or six offers. Yesterday, a house came on the market like three days ago in Encino for $6.99. I spoke to the agent yesterday, 33 offers. That's amazing. Wow. And you know, even in the, and, and what's happening is that even if you have an approved a young couple or first time buyer for 700 or 900, it's hard for them to compete. Mm -hmm. Sometime. So no, no, don't distract 
just do what you have to do. You're here to sell real estate. Wake up in the morning, contact with 10 to 15 people, talk to them about the market, ask them when they're planning to buy, if they're renting or not. Just reach out to everybody that you know. And the market is still good. And I think that the market will be good for another year. And that's what I told her at the beginning. The second call, remember the second call that I told everybody that I still think that the market is good and people can upgrade too. And a lot of people doing that. Awesome. Well, thank you for that information. And that's a lot of good news in, uh, in one. So thank you. Appreciate that. Anybody else before we wrap it up, want to share something uh some tips even, any ideas, things that are working for you now. All right, we got a new one. Jennifer. Hi, everybody. I know some of you and some of you I don't. I know Adam very well. He's always my go-to commercial guy. Even helped me this week with something. Thank you so much, as always. Um, I've been referring Adam business for years and years. Um, so thank you. Um, as far, I've got a little bit of a win. I finally got a property on the market that we were supposed to put on in March and put on hold. Um, the one piece of advice that I can give is, and this is not new information, uh, you price it in a way that excites people. And my phone is ringing off the hook. I put two properties on the market this week and my phone will not stop ringing. It's crazy. So don't, you know, t talk to your clients about the idea that if you price it appropriately, it's going to move. And if that's what they really want, if they're real sellers, that's what they want. And they need to listen to you. That Jennifer, question for you. Do you yes. have a strategy in place that will convert those, you know, 30 plus phone calls that you're getting into your clients? Because obviously only one person is going to buy that property. So there's 30 plus others that are going to still need to buy something. Do you have a strategy I in place right now? I listen to people. Um, a big part of our job is listening. Um, a lot of people want to talk and give their advice. I try to listen to what people have to say and really understand what they need and what their needs are and how I can best help them. And sometimes I listen for 15 minutes and I can't help them. But, you know, like Adam said, if I can't help you, I'll get you to the person who can, whether it's a junior agent or my assistant or somebody. But I always try to make sure that I am making sure that people feel heard. Well, that's awesome. I will say, uh, just as a tip for everyone, when you do finally get a listing, uh, a lot of times it goes unnoticed and, and we don't take advantage of that opportunity. There is, especially in today's buyer, it's still, in my opinion, a buyer's market, you're going to get multiple offers. And very, very rarely do I see people taking advantage of partnering with the right people to convert all of the offers that didn't get accepted into potential buyers of yours because they're coming in with an agent. So sometimes we don't even think about that. If let's say seven offers came in on a house and only one got accepted, who here is calling the other six to talk to them about a strategy on why their offer didn't get accepted and share with them? Has your agent talked to you about this, this, and that? Did your agent tell you that maybe it's not a smart thing to put all of the contingencies and take a 30 day escrow. And, and, and that's the conversations that we've seen our agents uh, be able to actually convert some of those uh, losing offers into new buyers for themselves. So if anybody wants to talk further about that, we could take it offline, but it's something that if you do have a listing, take advantage of because that's one of the easiest ways to get more buyers. Well, this is, this is when buyers are reaching out to you directly, not when, agents are reaching out to you with their buyers because if you're reaching out to their buyers that's uh, why you partner with a lender that's right the lender can call on your behalf 
There's no conflict there. Anyways, Adam, anything else you'd like to uh, wrap us up with? I uh, just want to thank everybody uh, for joining us today. Hi, Jen. Uh, thank you, Chuck. Thank you, Lior. Thank you, Iris. Um, it was a pleasure being on your show. Uh, let me know if you ever want me to come on again. I'm happy to lend any uh, commercial advice or information that anyone might need. So uh, I, I don't know if you're going to post my uh, my contact info. If anybody ever needs to get a hold of me, I'm on Facebook, or you can find me here at the NAI Capital Office in Encino. Yeah, well, the and pleasure. It goes on YouTube uh, as well. So if anybody has comments or anything, you can throw that on there. And um, and Adam, you can check that, or we can connect you. By all means, we can. We're, we're happy to broker it. 818-521-2623. Well, Adam, the pleasure was ours, and thank you. It doesn't go unnoticed for you to take time out of your day to to share with us and and join us. So thank you very much. As usual, thank you to everybody for staying consistent and showing up every Thursday at two o'clock. We'll be here again next week and uh, we look forward to keep the show going. Thank you guys. Thanks everyone. Thanks, guys have a great day. Stay productive. Be well.